Hi, my name is Katie Malone. And I'm Brendan, the husband. And you're listening to The Little Flock, the podcast that offers practical insights about living a counterculture of goodness, truth and beauty in a world of increasingly hostile secularism and indifference. So, if you're looking to learn from two imperfect followers of Christ about how to live like the wheat amongst the darnel, this is definitely the podcast for you. Hi everybody, welcome along to another episode of The Little Flock. Katie? Welcome back everybody. It's great to be back, isn't it? Yeah, it's been gone quickly, I reckon. <laughs> Man, it's crazy, eh? I was just about to say the wrong thing too. I was so out of practice with this podcast. What, were you going to say Merry Christmas or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, everybody. <laughs> it's Black Friday. No, I was going to introduce the wrong podcast. Mm-hmm. Too uh, many podcasts. Yeah. How do you know you've got too many podcasts? That's that's definitely a sign Um, Let let me do some uh, notices So you just sit back, relax And enjoy this part of the presentation Um, Folks, if you're new here, welcome Please uh, share and subscribe Uh, Let your friends know about the podcast If you find merit in it And please give us a rating If you... uh, my wife is laughing in the background at my um, Holy Spirit hands. They're going, <laughs> what? jazz hands. Your jazz hands. Go and listen to the last episode. You'll hear what the joke is there. Um, but uh, also, if your podcast platform you're listening on now allows you to do it, please give us a rating, some stars, a comment. All of that really, really helps the show. If you want to support our ministry work, uh, we're involved in a lot of important ministry work, and we've got some really big changes coming this year. Uh, if you want to support that, there's two ways to do it. One is go to lifenet.org.nz. And uh, you'll see the donate page there and you can become a regular donor. And if you're based in New Zealand, you can claim it back on your tax each year. The other way is to become a patron of our work at patreon.com forward slash left foot media. The links for both of those will be in the show notes. And if you do it via Patreon, then there's been a big change there this year, Katie. Exciting. Oh, drum roll. Suspense. <laughs> That's not a very good drum roll, is it? Um, you needed a little sound effect you could press. Come on, man. They like that one. Um, so um, so uh, what, what's happening now uh, with the uh, Patreon is previously we had a weekly patrons-only podcast. So if you become a patron with $5 or more per month, that's it, just 5 bucks. What is the cost of a cup of coffee now? Yeah, more than 5 bucks these days, depending Less... what kind of milk you like. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I had a cup of tea this morning with a group of men. And it was $5.60 for a cup of tea. Oh, you should have taken your flask. Well, it's just about for hot water. getting that bad. Shivers. <laughs> the price of tea. Take a look at my you. parents' book. Yeah, I'm turning into an angry old man <laughs> complaining about the price of tea bags. Um, but yeah, if you become a patron uh, with $5 or more per month, every day there is a patrons-only episode of the podcast. One of the big um, bit of, the f- uh, bit of, bit of feedback one of the one one of the, one of the major bits of feedback that uh, we've had come back to us over the last year is people say we love the content, but being able to consume in bite-sized pieces is quite preferable for people. And so previously, the patrons only podcasts sometimes they were up to two hours long each, twice too a week. Too many opinions. Yeah, <laughs> too many opinions. That boy. So uh, what we've decided to do is um, starting from this week, uh, if you're a patron with five dollars or more per month, you'll get a podcast that's between twenty maximum 40 minutes, trying to aim somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes a day. And so it's a nice consumable bite-sized piece of podcast that you can eat at your workout or on your Mm -hmm. daily walk or when you're, I don't know, doing all the chores that the children should have done. That's right. My poor wife, that's a (laughs) bit of an inside joke at the moment. But yeah, patreon.com forward slash left foot media. And those podcasts are focused on all sorts of issues around um, culture, current affairs, faith. Like today's episode is a half-hour episode on Lent and the history of Lent. And we're going to talk about Lent today, actually, in this episode, but there's a whole lot more in that podcast. So, yeah, patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Uh, last two quick things. If you've got um, conversation topics or questions you would like us to answer, please send them via the littleflockpodcast.org. Uh, and you'll see when you go there, there's a, a button you can press on, a little form to fill out or lifenet.org.nz. Again, you'll see the banner at the top of the page. You can't miss it. And you can send us your questions and suggestions that way. Now, this is the big, big announcement for this year, Katie. The Forge. The Forge is coming. Tell us about The Forge, Brennan. Oh, thank you. I will. Someone light the fires, please. Um, Because The Forge, the fires will be lit this year. The Forge is going to be an online video formation site and other video content Uh, That's really about, as the byline of the website says, 
um, it's, it's about shaping lives in the fires of goodness, truth and beauty. And a lot of my formation presentations that I get asked to give at conferences and around the country and different events, they will be available there for you. We're going to set them up so that they are deliberately structured so that they're 15 to 20 minutes per video. So like a one-hour presentation will be broken down into three parts so that you could actually watch them with a small group in your church, for example, and there'll be some guided questions if you want to do it that way. Or you could watch the whole thing as an individual all in one hit. So it's it's really designed for people to actually sharpen and grow in their formation. And there's going to be other great content coming too. We have already got someone who has committed uh, to um, being on The Forge. We're really excited about this. We're going to film a 10-hour formation series on the book of the apocalypse the book of revelation so that's going to be available exclusively on the forge so theforge.org.nz go there now there's a splash page you can leave your email address and you'll find out when that's live oh that's a lot of advertising that is a lot isn't it (laughs) gosh we should have like a skip intro right (laughs) yeah if if you want the actual podcast there's two minutes at the end (laughs) 20 minutes of plugging and advertising and pleading for support (laughs) okay let's get into it then let's just cut all the noise katie yeah i hear you cut the rubbish (laughs) lent tomorrow no well today actually because we're publishing this we're pre-recording it on tuesday shrove tuesday Mm. but we are publishing this on ash wednesday it is the start of lent the 40 days in the western church different for the eastern church but between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday, so seven weeks leading up to to Easter. And you, if you're good at maths, you can already tell. Hold on, that's not forty days. So why is dun, dun, dun. how do we do get around that, Kenny? We have Sundays that are not part of Lent. Yeah, so Sundays are not counted as Lent, and that makes sense because Sunday's the day of feast of the resurrection of our Lord. Yeah, so why would we be, you know, fasting? Lenting. Lenting. <laughs> Lenting. You're supposed to be a little bit lenty, I think, still, aren't you? Yeah. Sunday and Lent. It's not a party, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo, party's off. Dad's gone. <laughs> Let's go nuts. <laughs> you do a week's worth of, you know, yeah, non-fasting, unfasting, unfasting <laughs> and then you have to yeah. make up for it. So, yeah, um, if you're in the Eastern Church, uh, they have about six and a half weeks. They call it the Great Lent. Mm. They're a lot stricter with their fasting. Yeah. They have a bit less fasting on Saturday, Sunday, but mm. during the week it's really strict. Basically vegan. Yeah, it is, isn't it? They're really strict. Animal products, dairy products, oils, yeah, I think. Oil, yeah. And um, but uh, a lot of lentils. Saturday and Sunday, they still fast, but not as intently. So they don't take the Sunday break. But then they stop. Um, they stop the Sunday before Easter. I think it is. They stop or nine days before Easter, it might be. So they actually, like with us, we go right through all the way to Lent into Easter, straight into Easter. They have a break. Oh, interesting. It is interesting, eh? Mm. How dare they? What's going on? I want in on this. <laughs> so uh, maybe they need to stretch their stomachs to prepare for Easter. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've been veganing yeah. all that long. Um, by the way, folks, if you want to find out more about Lent, don't forget that Patrons Only Podcast um, Tuesday's episode was all about Lent. And there's lots more interesting information about the origins. So we're not going to go into that. But Katie, basically, um, how would you describe Lent? If someone said to you, uh, Katie, I've just fallen off a spaceship. What does Lent mean to you? It's a season of fasting, repentance, and um, trying to redirect our hearts and minds to God. Wow. That's perfect. I told Brent and I had five bits of wisdom, so maybe that'll be one. <laughs> that's that's number six. No, no you get that for free, folks. You might not get the other four. I'll see how I feel. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a general season of getting your act together. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> that's a great. That is that is perfect. That is a perfect summation, right? Oh, thanks. I was because I was struggling a little bit. How do you sum it up in mm. one sentence? You've done it. Oh. Well done, you. Um, I had. I just wrote some bullet points. So aestheticism. So, you know, you're fasting. And yeah, big word for not doing stuff you like. Yeah, mortifications <laughs> like time, you might. Yeah. People say, oh, I'm going to give it chocolate. Or yeah. a lot of people now say social media, right? Yeah, coffee. Coffee. Yeah. And then they do that, you know, these moments of mortification, fasting from meals, or, you know, they might not normally do a lot of fasting, but during Lent they might commit to fast once a week, stuff like that. Uh, um, almsgiving. 
So that that's this is really important, like um, giving to the poor, doing works of charity for Not the poor. Not giving away your actual arms. <laughs> yeah. like lots of kids in primary school think. It's spelled A-L-M, folks. So Sometimes you need your arms to Before do you go <laughs> ripping those bad boys off. And I'm not that the poor would want your arms. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Uh, thanks. Uh, there's a second-hand shop down the road. Oh. Yeah. We're here all week. How folks. many dad jokes have you got? I got I got uh, plenty of dad jokes. I got plenty of dad jokes. In fact, could we do this? There, there we go. What's that noise? It was the rim shot, but I should have timed it for the joke. So yeah, arms giving uh, and and giving to the poor and 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 you know doing stuff and then spiritual disciplines. Mm. So like you might pray more, right? Yeah, you, you should try and pray more. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah. Or you might say, I'm going to do a, a Lenten retreat. I'm going to go away for a. Uh, a weekend with um, uh, for some sort of prayerful retreat or, you know, something like that. You, you, you're generally that kind of focus, right? Um, and so it is quite a beautiful time of drawing aside and I think quite countercultural mm. in a culture of busyness. Yes, especially and, I think it's got harder in recent, like maybe the last decade, I think, in the sense of like the supermarkets are full of hot cross buns and Easter eggs oh like the gosh. day after Christmas. So it's, you know, it's the crazy, kids see eh? them and you're like, well, you can't have them like in our house. We don't eat Easter eggs until Easter. Yeah. So, but at the, and I'm quite big on the hot cross buns and not Easter either. And yeah. I feel like the kids, poor kids, are like their kids, friends are all bringing hot cross buns to school, and I'm like, well, you're not getting those until. You know, it's funny, yeah. That, that's that is such a sign of how countercultural we are now as Christians, and also how deficient our culture is. It's like it's pure consumerism. Yeah. Have so what you want like, when you want. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I want an Easter egg. It, literally, an Easter egg is nothing more than a sweet treat. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we sell them to them on Boxing Day? Then yeah, there's no meaning right. to it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the symbolism, the depth, is all. Yeah, take the tradition and use it for. Yeah, purely for yeah, money making. Purpose. It is so obscene, and and I think even as a kid, I remember, um, there there was not this rampant consumerism. So the hot cross buns would not appear until the tail end. The week end. before, maybe. Eh? Yeah. yeah, and then I because I remember there'd be sort of like a mad rush. Yeah. It was like, did you get the hot cross buns? And if you didn't, it'd be like, oh, they've run out. You know, it was like that kind of a vibe. Don't it make wasn't. your own hot cross buns. People. My people, my people. <laughs> my people, my people. Yeah, let's make hot cross buns. So Katie does, and she does. She makes a mean hot cross bun. A mean. Did you hear about the baker actually who was baking hot cross buns? No. He died. He was electrocuted. He stood on a bun, and the current ran up his leg. Mm. You're not allowed to put currants in our ones. Oh, oh, what a, Children do oh, not yeah, approve. Yeah, and also there's a traditional recipe, everything in the hot cross bun. We might talk about this in a future episode. Has a symbolism. Has a symbolism. We won't ruin it for All you now. All the different spices. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Katie, baking with Katie. That would be the next episode. <laughs> Spiritual baking. No, that's <laughs> Could be the most popular episode yet. What was that dodgy progressive thing? Spirit cooking. We won't be doing any of that. Yeah, it sounds as bad as it sounds. <laughs> it is as bad we as it sounds. We need a sound effect for matches my face um, <laughs> so yeah um but basically um it is an important time it's quite countercultural and mm. in a, in a culture of hedonism and self-gratification you do the exact opposite yep. and you love god love neighbor and you make sacrifices yep. man that is wow and you do it with your whole body it's you you ride it yeah so it makes it really special how do you find it do you have is it oh, is some it, days are easier than others <laughs> yeah do you have like lenten not dread, but like, oh, Lent's yeah, coming. Yeah, I'm always a little bit apprehensive, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also always like, I think it's a good apprehension. Is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Um, in the sense of like, you want to live it well, because you don't want to get to Easter and be like, oh, I could have done that better. Oh, but I yeah. do message friends yeah. regularly through Lent saying I am not very good at Lenting today and things like that. <laughs> it is hard, eh, yeah. some days. Yeah. And you really feel some of those fasts. Yeah. Like you start out and you're like, because you've still got the memory of whatever chocolate you've just eaten and you're like, yeah, I can do this. And then two days later you're like, oh, chocolate taste I'm like? dying. <laughs> oh, Jesus, take me now. You know, it's just, it's so funny how you know, sort of. How human we are. Yeah, and how mm. dopamine driven we are yeah, towards true. those little yeah. pleasures, eh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I don't know about you, but I. I sometimes find myself going, "Oh gosh," getting to the tail end and going, "Oh man, I've sort of slipped off the ball a bit." Mm. I wish I'd um, been a bit more focused. And you know, it's this year I'm trying to be a bit more focused. But I, I try and say that every year, but every little bit matters. That's do, right. Do you have um? Do you have things that are you a consistent giver upper of things, or do you try and change it up a I bit? I think I was before I had children. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was there was that year I gave up sugar in my coffee and then I like never went back. That was a great Lent. Really, it was a really good Lent. Yeah, so I, I quit out like sugar. Just like one thing, 
Yeah. No, but it wasn't sugar and everything. It was just it's like literally sugar. sugar and coffee. And then I and then I tried to drink sugar and coffee like Couldn't do it. Easter, and I was like, "Ooh, this just tastes like sugar." So That's it was obviously brilliant. a really good like physical yeah. thing for me. Um, but I do also remember it being a particularly good Lent because that was quite hard for me. Yeah, yeah, and it was just one little thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that that um the the importance of that like. Um, as I said in the podcast episode today, one of the traps I see is people treating Lent now, even some holy Christians. Diet. Yeah, it's like a holy diet. Lent it's not. not. A holy diet. It's not a self improvement program. That's right. It's it's yeah, nothing like that at all. Yes. Those those good fruits you get, like yeah. you got that amazing good fruit and benefit out of it. They they're the fruits. They're not the focus. And so the focus is on preparation for Easter. It's on spiritual life. It's That's right. on on you know mortification, stripping back, so Christ has more room. Yeah, I listened to a really good podcast last week um, from the abbots of St. Michael's Abbey yeah. in California. Yeah. Recommend. It's called The Abbot Circle on Spotify. Yeah. Um, and they have like actually really good little bite-sized yes. podcasts you can listen to, but this one was a bit longer. And one of the things they said that stuck with me was do an examination of conscience, beginning of Lent, where am I now and where do I want to be at ah. Easter in terms of your relationship with God and the, what are the good. things you can strip away? What are the things you need that to strip is, away? Like habits you've built gosh, that are actually good. taking away from your relationship with God. So that really helped me because I think often we do think, oh, I need to do this. Isn't this is a bad habit? That's a bad habit. But it's actually with the purpose in mind of where do I want to be in six weeks? Those clever little monks. Yeah, they are. That is quite smart. They're actually not monks. Good. They're cannons. Cannons. Don't know what that means. I need to Google. They're the big guns. <laughs> oh, we a cannon sound effect. Oh no, but <laughs> violent for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is great. Yeah. That that is so so so. They say do an examination at the beginning, and and a, a spiritual goal for where you want to be. Yeah, because I think it's like anything else, right? Like in a in a Christian life, it's a bit it's a bit woo, but you know we're on a journey. You know, <laughs> we, but we are on a journey. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Lent is not like a um, yeah, it's not a one off. It's no. part of the journey. Yeah, yeah, and it's to help us kind of, and it's great that it's the beginning of the year ish, to kind of set you up yeah. for the year. And it's not yeah. a self help program. Yes, um, like I said before, but also it's not a self help program in the sense that it's not like oh, I've bought this program that's going to improve this, this, and this. It's it's much more messy and complicated because yeah, it's your relationship right. with yeah. God, and it's a, it's more I challenging. You, I see you've got a question there about being generous. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the ideas. Am I allowed I to skip ahead to that? Yeah, Kush can. Yeah, I think. Sometimes people can over plan or over commit. Yeah. And I don't, maybe that sounds a little bit like I'm being a bit gentle, but in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to give up all sugar for the whole of Lent. Well, that's a great idea. But like you say, by day two, you might be a little bit, yeah. if you're a sugar person. Um, <laughs> Reverse diabetes. I've got a couple of things to say about that. <laughs> like, don't go all guns blazing out of the gate, you know, like take a day at a time yeah. and, and discern what is the Lord asking me to sacrifice today, today. in this moment. Um, That's good. Yeah, and secondly, on that can I on that point? Can you hold that thought? Well, because I you you <laughs> you said to me, I I'm, I won't tell people what my what I'm going to be doing straight out of the gate, mm. but I want to do something to sort of help me really set the tempo. Well, not the tempo, but the tone for Lent and really just really focus me. So I'm going to do something a bit bigger this year as we start. Mm. And um, and one of the things you said to me was, well, as long as that sacrifice doesn't negatively impact. Yeah. The family. Your sacrifice does not need to be someone else's sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. So that, if you're going you to be a grub, burden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're making life harder for other people because of your sacrifice, then yeah. is that really what God's calling you to do? Or is that something you have decided? Yeah. Well, this is obviously what God wants for me. Well, there's no know? point either. Yeah. If, you're, yeah. if that you're so-called sacrifice yeah. here is actually making you unvirtuous, yeah. you're not loving your neighbor. The whole point is to love God more closely and intimately so yeah. you can love neighbor better. That's right. Yeah. And sometimes it's harder to make that sacrifice in the moment, the, the sacrifice that's in front of you. You know, like mm. it might be actually quite easy. You might find it by week two that, oh, I'm actually not doing so badly with giving up chocolate or sugar or yeah. alcohol, whatever you've chosen, whatever food you might have chosen to fast from. But actually it's a sacrifice in the moment that's in front of you, like my crying child who needs me now. Or, yeah. Um, so focus more the, intently on the yeah, everyday sacrifices that never go away. Or disgusting bathroom that needs to be cleaned. You know, <laughs> like if yeah. you're someone that um, – Constantly get stressed out by clutter. That's a personal example. (laughs) And you complain about it. Well, maybe don't sacrifice the complaining and actually just do something with the clutter. You know, like actually take 20 minutes out of your day to sort that out where you may not normally do that. So make a sacrifice of the ordinary everyday sufferings. It's something I've talked about before with quite a few of my friends, like the whole, especially as mums, I think. Mums have a lot of suffering already and a lot of um, putting themselves to the side. Yeah. Well, we should 
if we're doing motherhood right, you know, like yeah. if you're sitting on the couch while I'm eating bonbons, you might want to look at that. But <laughs> I think in motherhood, if you're trying to do it right and live it well and love your children and your husband, then you put yourself to the side a lot. Yeah. So you may not need to do that so much from a fasting point of view, but you may need to sacrifice by leaning in yeah. to the sufferings that are in your life and living those sufferings well. Good instead point. of going, oh, I have to cook dinner again. What about cooking everybody else's favorite dinners for the whole of Lent and none of your own? Wow. And, and actually loving and sacrificing through that. Yeah. You know? I was going to say, when you said, um, if you're sitting on the couch eating bonbons all day, Tell you know, me how you do that. You might, you, you might be a dad. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not that bad, are we? Um, but yeah, that's that's good because I, I was going to talk about that point that the the those um, cannons yeah. were talking cannons. about in that little video clip, and I thought this was so beautiful for me. I'd never really heard anyone frame it like this. They talked about the idea of being generous with your fasting. Mm. So we tend to think of fasting as like it's scrimping, it's saving, yeah. it's holding something back. But they were saying, no, be generous to God. That's what you're doing. And don't be afraid to be generous. And they were really, they were like, look, back in the day, it's only really recently that we were like, oh, no, don't let the children fast. Uh, let's do it really simple and easy fast. Yeah. They're like, no, don't be afraid to actually challenge yourself a bit. Yeah. Don't go to extremes. Like you say, I'm going to give up all sugar. I'm not going to eat a single meal during Lent and I'll only drink twice. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. <laughs> that's nuts. Don't, that's not what it is. Um, but don't be afraid. To um to actually be generous in your fasting, mm. and I think the challenge because the flip side of that there's always a there's a tension mm. because last year I saw someone online gave some really good advice about this, and they said look um that in actual fact sometimes it can be better to make one small sacrifice really really yeah, well, well and yeah. consistently with dedication mm. than to try and do three or four big ones yes, and you're right. doing them badly. Don't keep piling stuff on. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're having a good Lent necessarily. So when we say be generous, that will look differently for different people. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Like I was thinking about fasting for me. I already do regular fasting anyway as part of my usual weekly schedule. And so I'm like, well, I shouldn't just turn one of those fast days into a Lent. (laughs) That's that for me, that's not being generous. In fact, I'm not doing anything. So what I've I I would be very different in my fast day than what you would be yes, because yeah. of where we're at. And the yeah. same with prayer. You would probably say, Well, I'm gonna do a different commitment because I'm at a different stage with my prayer than what Brendan or mm. my friend Jill is or whoever it happens to be, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's so, so essential. Um, last but not least, well, two things actually, but la- second to last but not least. Individual and family commitments. We talked about it last night, didn't we? We did. We had a chat dinner with the kids. They came up with some interesting Yeah. Possibly not very practical ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's good to have a family commitment, but it, you've got to have buy-in from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think well, some people do some really cool things, like they have those lolly jars where like, you can put a lolly in every time you make a sacrifice or do something yeah. kind for someone else, and then you get all the lollies at Easter. Yeah. We're friends cool who did for that. Kids. Yeah, I think it's quite yeah. cool because they can see. But I feel like some of our children would struggle with being able to see the lollies and not eat not them. Not eat them. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about um, doing the Stations of the Cross, praying the Stations of the Cross together every Friday. Um, we haven't done it. Well, COVID really sort of pulled the rug out from under us, but we haven't got back into it. But we used to. We'd um, take the kids for a like a grocery shop at one point mm. in Lent, and then we would they would be part of it, and then we would donate those to the local St. Vincent de Paul, and they would distribute them to to people in need and like the children were part of it and they knew what was going on. It was our money mm. was going to help other people. Mm. And, and so it's, it's really about forming them. It's not about so much how much or little, but it's about them understanding, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Mum and dad do this. Our family does this. Yeah, and then right. when they leave home, please yeah. God, they'll keep doing that as well. Yeah. You know? that'd be great. <laughs> That's essential. And, and we also, with our kids, we talked about like last night, what are, what are you giving up? We asked yeah. them, to, to, it was interesting. Yeah, I don't. I think it's good to ask them. It's good to put it out there. But I don't think I wouldn't ever force my children to tell me. Like I think sometimes no. a sacrifice is important if people want to keep it between themselves and God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's important. It's interesting because they ask, "What are you giving up?" I hit several times. Mm. Same question. Same children. What mm. are you giving up for them? What are you giving up for them? They're trying to sort of sound us out, I think, mm. and figure out. Okay, what are they doing? And um, yeah, and then what that does is they want to then tell you. 
Yeah. Rather than you necessarily saying, well, you know, what are you giving up? They're like, oh, well, here's what I'm giving up. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's it's a cool thing. I think it's a good thing to do. And I think it's also that sense of the communal nature of the yep. generosity of, of sacrificing. And you're in it together. It's not just like mum is an individual, dad's an individual, mm. Lucy's an individual, and no one knows really what. And you, you can't mm. encourage each other. You can't keep each other mm. motivated to keep going and stuff yeah. if you're on your own. So. I think it's important to remember as well, like if you are – you know, a lot of us will do food-related sacrifices. We may yep. not do the same thing all of Lent, yep. but, you know, but you probably do something. It's an easy thing to say, oh, I don't have to have this treat, right? Yeah. Well, not easy always. But <laughs> um, but I think it's important to remember that if you do eat something that's on your forbidden <laughs> Lenten list. <laughs> the forbidden that, fruit. You know, the Lord doesn't go, oh, well, that's that then. You know, yeah. like actually thank him <laughs> for yeah. that and move on. And yeah. next time... Yeah, yeah you just. Some it was like abstain for five minutes, and then next time it was staying for ten minutes, and then yeah. next time it was staying for twenty minutes, and then eventually you can sort of build up to. It's, yeah, it's okay to appreciate a gift and a something nice for what it is, and even in Lent, you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's not it's not an obsessive passion it's, on yeah. denial. Yeah. It's making room for God. That's it's right. about putting self second. It's about being reminded of the sacrifice of the cross. That's right. And, yeah, it shouldn't be this weird, scrupulous fixation on, well, I said no chocolates, and they brought out a chocolate today at the going away party at the staff meeting, and so um, a lady gave me one to me, and I threw it in her face and said, get away from me, you heretic. <laughs> get behind me, Satan. <laughs> get behind me, Satan. <laughs> With your chocolate bonbons. Bearing, your sweet, tasty bonbons. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. An angel of light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's a really good point, eh? And, and I think especially re- for kids, right? Like we're encouraging yeah. them to give things up, but we also don't slam them if they. No, well, the reality is, you are going to have moments. We all yeah. do. That's the struggle too, right? The the and funnily enough, I think it's the meeting God in those moments is, mm. in some ways, in certain sense, that there's probably something healthier, maybe, or it could be stand to be corrected on this, but about someone who says, "Well, I'm going to give up a thing. I'm not going to have Coke mm. for the whole of Lent." And then they have a Coke. Mm. One day they go, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. Right back into it again. Yeah. As opposed to someone who goes, I'm going to give up Coke, and they just forget about it. Yeah. And, they, and then it's like, oh, it's Easter time. And yeah. there was no thought. There was no intentionality. Yeah, that's You right. know, I think that, that that does matter. It's not the fall that matters, but the fight. Right? Yeah. It's getting back up after the fall and keeping on going. That's actually what yeah. matters to God. And yeah. How many times in our Christian life? Yeah. Outside of Lent, do we Not that having a Coke up? during Lent is a sin or no, anything like that. Right. That's not what we're saying, but you're right. Yeah. It's the engagement, the intentionality, the um, – and this is where, like you are saying before, this is where you think about, well, what does sacrifice mean to me? It's very, it might be very different and at a much lower level right. to someone else. And if you can't give up caffeine without becoming impossible to live with, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something no. else that Lord is calling you to do, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, love your neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, that's the yeah. danger. Right? Love people, your family first, right? People are like, well, yeah, it's I'm going to get on a holy diet. <laughs> I'm it's my I'm my self improvement program, and then it's like, well, if you want to do one of those, do one of those at another time when the rest of your family's not also sacrificing and has to put up with it. <laughs> that's right. You know, I mean, I'd say too, particularly to the men who are listening, um, I know things like Exodus ninety have mm. been kind of popular with men lately. Great if that's helpful for you. One thing, one bit of advice I give to men is don't. It's like yo-yo dieting. Don't mm. be someone who goes in and out of that program constantly. I think that's to me that's more like a one-off, mm. and that should be the boot camp that then leads to something consistent. Yeah. Um, and so um, I would also say I, I'm kind of cautious about doing it at Lent because it's 90 days, not 40. That's right. So, so end up January the first this year. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, is right in the middle of the Christmas season. Yeah. So I'd say <laughs> be careful with that because our liturgical calendar does matter. Yes. So be careful around that. It really does matter. And and you shouldn't be creating these sort of countersigns in your life, I don't mm. think. It's a great program and it's helpful, but I think it should be – you shouldn't yo-yo in and out of it all the time. And also don't – I know one thing I've heard from some mothers and wives is, look, I really love the fact my husband is doing something, making an effort, but this program is really hard on us as a family because yeah, right. there's this special diet, there's there's mm. cold showers, there's husband who's up and away and not home anymore, all those kinds of yeah, things. It's like the Whole30 of Catholicism, isn't it? Remember that big yeah. fad for Whole30 like five years ago? Oh, I Remember vaguely just eat like only whole foods for 30 days. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the same oh, thing, my just with gosh. cold showers and press. Shoot me in the foot. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so do be cautious about that. And one last thing is there's a bit of a trap that I th- I've seen lately. 
the last couple of years where some Christians are like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fast from punching people in the face. Mm. That's my fast. Oh, that thing that goes around Facebook every year. Uh, instead of fasting, be kind instead of uh, yeah. whatever. You yeah. should be doing all those things anyway. Yeah. There's no Christian should be fasting from a thing they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You just shouldn't be doing it. There's no fast. So fast is from things that are goods that you would yeah. normally be entitled to, but you'd make that extra sacrifice. Mm. So there's no sacrifice in giving up, you know, violent armed robberies because you shouldn't be doing those kinds of things. But also Lent isn't um, – like you should add in extra things. I'm going to be kind to my neighbour, mm. but there should also be aestheticism. Yes. You need that sacrifice component. Without sacrifice, there is no true worship. There is no true religion. Mm. And so you, you do need to think about what that means. Because it unites us to Christ, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Lent. Well, we've told you what to do. Off you go. Get to it. <laughs> uh, one last little plug of the podcast too, folks. If you want to hear a whole lot more of the history of Lent, like this morning's episode, this is why we're recording it on Tuesday, but yesterday's episode called Do You Even Lent, Bro? Um, it's, it's, just, it's all about the history, about the theological background to it, and if you want more of that. Uh, you can check out a little 10-minute preview for free, but $5 patron, you get access to that. Um, okay, so, Katie, um, we should really talk about our moment of goodness, truth, or beauty. We were, we had this plan today. We're going to go through the usual stuff, and we're going to answer some questions. But what we might actually do is we'll do our moment of goodness, truth, or beauty, see how the time's tracking, and maybe a conversation about Lynn is enough, or maybe we might tackle we'll one, one question. Right, that uh, musical interlude, folks, you know what that means if you're a regular listener. But let's uh, let's jump into then uh, our moment of goodness, truth, or beauty. I Katie? See yours is very literary. <laughs> it is a literal, literary moment. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Mine hold on. is literary a little bit too. You're doing yeah. more good. Well, I did because that was a dad joke. Oh, mm, kind of. What, so what's yours? Ladies first. Uh, mine is about books, kind of. Oh, we're both on the literary train today. But it's not about a book. It's about when I went to netball the other night and Eleanor was <laughs> uh, having a Hold on, that's meltdown. not a book, that's no, sports. No, sports. <laughs> yeah, um, Eleanor was having a, a complete meltdown about having had to eat her revolting dinner of potatoes, chicken that and vegetables. That was hilarious. A beautiful dinner, by the way, folks. It was yum, yum. lasted an hour, this meltdown, not the yeah. dinner. <laughs> yeah, we, could have, we could have cooked a dinner on the meltdown. It was <laughs> intense. <laughs> We were both trying to be very calm, yeah. very calm. Very Christian. On. And in the end, as I walked out the door, she was eating her potatoes. So I feel like we won a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, the point is I came back home. I didn't know what I was going to walk into. You were working, I think, or had gone out maybe? No. Oh, you had Lucy, ta- had had Lucy to take for driving Lucy for a driving. We're yeah. at that stage now, folks, driving yeah, no, We've got all these. We've got three babysitters. It's awesome. <laughs> and right. I thought, I don't know what I'm going to walk back into because, you know, it's pretty <laughs> – you know, she might have had half a loaf of bread. <laughs> Broken plate, smashed against yeah, the wall. Yeah. She was pretty worked up. And she also did not want me to leave. So that that's was all right. part of the problem. Yeah. And I came back in and Maddie, one of our twins, was sitting on the couch and she had read about six comic books to Eleanor and was yeah. telling her jokes and making her laugh. Yeah. And yeah, she just turned the whole situation around. I thought, that's so awesome that you can yeah. just leave. And She's got a real gift, eh? She yeah. does, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, so that was your moment, flourish. was it? You're, you're seeing, oh, coming in and seeing yeah, that. Yeah. So you got yeah, two for one, love. that you didn't come home to hellish carnage. Yeah, I was worried. And you came under <laughs> that beautiful sight instead. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. Very special. That is a, that's a good moment. Um, mine is, you're right, is literary, mm. something I posted on social media the other day, but it was just, it really struck me just how beautiful it was. It's only a couple of days ago too, the anniversary of this, February the 9th, 1881. So going back a while, Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky passed away at home with his family gathered around him, and the thing that was so beautiful was his final act. What he did was he called his children in in his dying moments, and he asked his wife to read the account of the prodigal son from the Gospel of Luke out loud while he held their hands, and his daughter recounted the whole scene. And as he's dying, he then tells his children, look, my children, and I'll quote from him here, never forget what you have just heard. Have absolute faith in God and never despair of his pardon. I love you dearly, but my love is nothing compared with the love of God for those he has created. Even if you should be so unhappy as to commit a crime, never despair of God. You are his children. Humble yourselves before him as before your father. Implore his pardon, and he will rejoice over your repentance as the father rejoiced over that of the prodigal son. 
that way. What a beautiful, what a gift, mm. what a way to go, <laughs> man. I I pray and hope that I have that kind of courage and mental acuity to. I mean, yeah. What is it back then? They seem to know how to go out on a bang, you know, <laughs> like it was class. <laughs> yeah, bring me vodka. I tell you a story, children. Um, but yeah, and and it's just such a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, it's just profound, is what it is. And it's also that's the central theme of a lot of his writings mm, was about repentance, forgiveness, redemption, the love of God, and that the no one is beyond salvation. Mm. It's quite a beautiful thing, right? So your scripture of the month, Katie, do you have a, do. a scripture reflection for us? Oh, she's Moment looking for it. Um, oh, it's from my favorite psalm. Can I say, I is it un momento? Is that correct? Or is I, am I just making that up? When you said a moment, please. Un momento. Un momento. Yeah. So it's close. It's close. Too many O's. <laughs> I will stop with the foreign languages right now. Mine is very short, which is probably mm. good because I can see yours and it's long. <laughs> I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) So it's from my favourite psalm, which is Psalm 51, but it's not my favourite verse. Is that your favourite psalm? Yeah. It's my favourite psalm. Oh, romantic. I I didn't know it was your favourite. It is, honestly, it is just absolutely, everyone, you know, because, oh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. It's because probably the only one a lot of people know. For me, it's like, no, (laughs) repentance and mercy. It's so beautiful. Anyway, I didn't realise it was yours. There you go. So usually I go for the um, the bit about the contrite heart. Yeah. But I was reading it in morning prayer the other day, and the sent- the bit that stuck out was, "Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then, in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom." Wow, read oh, that again. So beautiful. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then, in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. Wow. So I thought it's so beautiful how um to think about how. Like that really is where God teaches us yeah. in the secret of our heart. It's not like you. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard lots of wisdom here this morning, but, um, you know, when we really want to come close to God and hear what he has to say, it's in the secret of our heart that he does it. Yeah. More often than not, it's not big signs. It's wow. Not big splashy things. It's that quiet place. That's the spiritual life, the yeah. interior life, right? Because we are taught or maybe we just imbibe it from a culture of constant noise. Mm. We're like, well, God will give me a sign. If I scroll Facebook, eventually something meaningful will pop up mm. and ta-da, I will know what God wants me to do with my life. Yeah, that that whole notion of grace builds on nature. Mm. And so we've got to do our bit and then God will say to you, hey, yeah, you're walking in the wrong direction, change change, yeah. you know, change tempo or change direction, but you've got to be walking. That's right. And we're often waiting on the couch going, well, yeah. tell me when I should walk. And he's like, get walking and I'll tell you where to go. And yeah. it makes me think like, because secrets are like quiet things, you know. Like you mm-hmm. have to be still and quiet and beautiful, close to God, and to ha- to hear that wisdom and to learn that wisdom. I can hear a worship song in there. Go on. In the secret <laughs> of my heart. Oh, that's just a made up one, but you know that you can imagine <laughs> that being a because I know there are some who've been written yeah. specifically with that in mind. And and the thing too about as you're saying about a secret, it sort of dawned on me is the intimacy mm. and the profound. Yeah oneness and total knowledge that God has of you. Yeah. It's not like um, he gets out on the clouds and says, uh, here is a message for Katie Malone. Everyone reads it. <laughs> like a modern learning environment yeah. over the microphone. <laughs> Katie. Katie, Paige and Katie Malone. <laughs> Stop that right now. Get back on track. Yeah. Paging Brendan Malone, you're okay. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Imagine that would be awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> but that that's the challenge too. This is the great um because I've been reading over the holiday break anyway, um, reading a bit more of Cormac McCarthy's work, his novels and and I love Cormac McCarthy, but he is a bit darker and his mm, big thing gloomy. is <laughs> he he's a little bit like but Hemi- Irish. But him but like <laughs> Hemingway. But he's also his big thing and the more of his novels you read, the more you realise he keeps coming back to this theme, the silence of God. Mm. And he struggles with it. Where is God mm. in the midst of the suffering and the silence? Whereas the the counter to that is that the Christian spiritual life is like, well, that's where we engage with God. Yeah. Uh, Elijah, right on the mountain, yeah. looking for the fire and the thunder yeah. and everything else. But God was in the still, yeah. small voice. He's Absolutely. not in all that big stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite, it's a, it's a beautiful sort of paradox, eh? Mm. The silence of God, which is supposedly the, the, the people try and claim it's a proof he doesn't exist, is actually for us as Christians, that's the place, the very place mm. where we meet God. And that is so profound. And by the way, God isn't really silent. Mm. If he was silent in our world, truly, 
we would live in a diabolical evil world with so much brutality and barbarism and horrific evil, worse than a concentration camp, no hope of redemption, just pure demonic, people who had no ability to even find redemption, which you still had even with concentration camp guards, believe it or not. I know Mm. as hard as that is. Um, And that's what a world without God would look like. Mm. So the the silence is not um, proof of God's absence at all. That's right. The fact that we actually live in a world where people can find redemption Mm. is proof Mm. that God is at work and we just don't realize it half the time. Very true. Wow, that's a beautiful passage, Katie. Mine was Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 45, and I'll read it to you. A leper came to Jesus and pleaded on his knees. If you want to, he said, you can cure me. Feeling sorry for him, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Of course I want to, he said, be cured. And the leprosy left him at once and he was cured. Jesus immediately sent him away and sternly ordered him, mind you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and make the offering for your healing prescribed by Moses as evidence of your recovery. The man went away, but then started talking about it freely and telling the story everywhere so that Jesus could no longer go openly into any town, but had to stay outside in places where nobody lived. Even so, people from all around would come to him. Mm. So there's so much in that. Yeah. Even the, 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 Think about the, the, the demand and the busyness of ministry. And here's Jesus, the very son of God, who's having to draw aside. Mm. So there's a lesson in that for all of us, anyone who's involved in ministry or parenting or anything like that. Uh, even Jesus had to stop, pause. Yeah, right. But the things that really struck out to or stuck out to me about this was, number one was the compassion of Christ. He says, of course I want to. Mm-hmm. Like It's not like... It's not even it's a not, question. Yeah, it's yeah. not, okay, I'll do it. Or, okay, if you jump through three hopes or stand in that line over there, take a number, then I'll do it. It's <laughs> like, of course I want to. Mm. It's like there's no question of him wanting to heal. And, of course, leprosy... Is what it is. It is a type of um, for us today. We would say leprosy is a sign of spiritual sickness and privation and illness. Oh, so, so for us yeah. today, that's the comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when we come to Christ with our sins, our brokenness, whatever it is, our spiritual deficiencies, and Christ says, "Of course, I want to heal you. Hmm. I want to heal you." So that's number one: is the compassion of Christ is amazing. Secondly, is the instruction to be faithful to the law of Moses. Hmm. Yeah, and sometimes you get people who make this little mistake and they're like, yeah, Jesus wasn't into religion. He's, he's not into <laughs> he's your religion. laws of man. And it's like, yeah, because they're not laws of man. That's mm. why he tells them to go and do this. And so don't make that mistake of, of you know, Jesus doesn't do religion because here he is proving you wrong at this point, at this juncture. And that's a challenge for all of us. So the problem is not with religious observance. The problem is with hypocritical, mm. vacuous, empty Self aggrandizing, yeah. Wearing yeah, your phylacteries long and all Yeah, that. so yeah. people go, Oh, that's a very, Katie's very religious. <laughs> I see her in the street praying out loud. Thank goodness I'm not like those other heathens, she says. <laughs> <laughs> she must be holy. Yeah, so that's the kind of thing. And the Pharisees, their problem is hypocrisy and they have no integrity. They don't practice what they preach. Mm. So it's it's actually not the observance of the law and religious tradition and stuff like that. It's it's the disposition of heart of the heart, the lack of virtue, the lack mm. of love. Um, but the really interesting thing for me is I went to my um, uh, scriptural commentary on the Gospel of Mark and I had a look at this passage. And the word be, when he says be healed or be cured, it's the same word that we read in the book of Genesis when God is creating the world, oh, wow. when he's bringing everything into being. Mm. And this uh, that's quite a profound mm. thing. You're like, ah. Oh. He's not just healing him, he's making No, a new, he's yeah. making a new man. Yeah. This is a new creation, Beautiful. and yeah. that is his ministry. Mm. And it, and it's so, you're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's also the power of who he is. Mm. The God who created the universe is now walking amongst us, mm. healing a leper, and it is, it's a recreation, Beautiful. total recreation. Yeah. It's, it's, man, that's profound, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, that was my scriptural reflection. I don't know if I quite got the the beautiful intimacy of yours, but <laughs> but yes, I talked about Jesus. So ten you points looked at and, your Genesis and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you went and looked at a commentary. Yeah. Alrighty, folks. So that was our moment of goodness, truth, and beauty, and our little scriptural reflections for the month. Katie, should we look at one? 
question. Yeah, let's do so. this. There's one question that's really pressing amongst the three, and we'll save the other two for next episode. The, the question is this. How do we get back into a good, stable routine after the holidays? Mm. Now, this could be a person, an individual, who's maybe mm, looking to get true. their routine back. It could be a family. Mm. could be a ministry. could be a workplace. Anything where you stop... And I don't know about you, but every year I'm like, I go to the tail end of the year and I'm like, and particularly last year, I was like, man, I've got all these great habits in place and, <laughs> and I'm going to stop for a break and then I'm going to come back, boom, straight back in. But every year, it is a bit of a it's struggle. No boom. There's, no, there's no boom. It's <laughs> like boom. stumble, flop, <laughs> fall on my face, get up two weeks later. <laughs> so, yeah, um, do you find that challenge? This year, <laughs> do you never get a rest? No, you yeah, worked too hard this not year. Really any you stopping. overworked. I did, I Can did. I tell you yeah. off in front of our listeners? Yeah, you did overwork. Do. Yeah, humiliate me in front of. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you hold on. No, that's not a joke. That um, there was, was again. That was the rim shot. We need some uh, different sound Well, we need this one. Come on, man. So, um, what what I mean by that is that you had such a busy load on your plate. Yep. Your church stuff. The Hearts of Flame Catholic Summer School, you were a co-leader. Mm. You are giving of yourself massively. You got sick mm. and run down, and it was just, it was pretty it was intense. a lot. Yeah, and then straight back to work when I got home. Yeah, yeah it was, that was a lot. man. So how do we get back into a good, stable routine? Yeah. Hopefully you've had one to start with because it will be a lot easier if you're not Great starting point. from scratch. So number one, yeah. if you don't know what a routine looks like, yeah. you haven't got a hope of getting find, back find into one. Find one now. Yeah, you need it. You, you need to know what routine. If is. you're a mum and you're listening, I recommend the book A Mother's Rule of Life. Yes, which I will put my hand up and say yes, I've read it, but I haven't necessarily implemented everything. <laughs> She's a homeschooling mum. It yeah. was written quite a few years ago now, um, but I do know some people out there in Radio Land. What yeah. do you call this podcast land? Podcast land. Yeah, yeah. that have um, read it. Uh, and they love it. Implemented. They? Yeah, she's yeah. great. Holly Perlow is her name. She's yeah. awesome. So what's it called again? A mother's rule of a life. Mother's so rule she essentially of life. took like the rule of a religious order, like a Benedictine so monk or something yeah. like that, but not as strict because you know we're not Benedictine monks. <laughs> yeah. We're mums, and we have baby people to look after. Yeah, and those monks didn't have children. <laughs> didn't have children who are thing. not interested in a rule of life. Please and thank you very much. Yeah. Um, oh no, children's stable routine is basically breakfast snack, lunch snack, dinner snack. But you Bedtime. know what I was thinking about? The Benedictines probably imitated parenthood because they would get true. up in the middle of the night to pray. That is true. So that's like getting up yeah, for your yeah. kids. There's actually an order somewhere yeah. who um, is an order of women, like nuns, who yeah. get up in the, when they do the earliest one, which is matins. Or whatever. I think the it is, yeah, like middle of the night. Yeah. And they offer that for all mothers around the world who wow. are up with children. So they pray for, yeah, that How is, cool is that, wow, man? That is, I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Like how many mums out there who just feel so alone in the night? There that are, is there's so a group beautiful. of women praying for you somewhere in the world at 4 a.m. And there are a lot of parallels, though. I like what she's done there because, like I said, so obviously they would get up in the middle of the night to pray. Like as parents, you're often woken in the middle of the night yeah. by kids. And also the other big thing of religious life is you actually die to self in a very big way. Mm. So particularly for the Benedictines, like um, they would actually wouldn't even lay claim to their own work. There's a lot mm. of humility and um, some of their orders, they would actually be buried in unmarked graves. So there'd be a cross, but no name. So that you total humility, you belong yeah. to God. And and really as parents, that's, we talk about the secret to, of the heart. Yeah, we pour us <laughs> well, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. And total oblation, pour yourself out for your children. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say. Um, so number one is you've got to know what a routine yes, is. If you know don't what, know what a routine and, is, you're not going to get back into it. don't be crazy one. about it. Like, yeah. Just find one that works for your family, right? Yes. So what works for me and what I would recommend is that you set an alarm and when the alarm goes off, you get up. Just get out, yeah. And even if that becomes your Lenten sacrifice because you've yeah. never done it before, getting up when your alarm goes off for the whole of Lent, awesome. If that's something you don't Can do. Can I say, that point is so key. Yeah. Um, in goal setting, they talk about the importance of small changes mm. and manageable goals. Mm. So what tends to happen is, like the big goal, the Mount Everest summit moment is I want to be a better mum. I mm. want to be more organised, right? That's the big goal. But if you obsess on that mm. and not the small stuff in front of you, you'll never get there. So what you've got to do is you've got to say, my goal is to get out of bed. That's my obsession. Get out of bed as soon as the alarm goes. Yeah. And if you do that, then you are on the way yeah. to Everest, the top of Everest, becoming that mum. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, getting up when your alarm goes off. Setting an alarm, then getting up when it goes off. And um, starting your day right, obviously, if you can start the day with some prayer. Yeah. I just notice this in my own life, and I'm not talking like half an hour. Like, I'm tired in the morning. I'm not good at yeah. praying in the morning. But if I can do a five-minute morning offering, 
read the readings for the day or read some Psalms or yeah, whatever, you know, open my Bible. Well, That's good. iPad Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just sets you up right for the day, I think. Or, yeah. You st- I'm not saying you won't have any trouble. I'm not saying breakfast time won't be hard, getting kids out no. the door won't be hard or starting school for the day won't be hard. No, but, still challenges. Yeah, but you start right and you start with God. I think I find, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. What I've discovered actually lately is this is where prayer of the church is really helpful, mm-hmm. and a lot of denominations pray the, the what we call the office of the church, and particularly like if you're an Anglican, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They're often a lot more focused on yeah, it. They than sing some Catholics. Song, eh? beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, they call it Lord's first thing in the morning. That's morning prayer, and I've found and what it is is you just the several psalms that you recite, some couple of responses, and a couple of prayers. It's beautiful and. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an app called Universalis, which is free. You can download. It's got the prayer of the church on it, even if you're not a Catholic. You know, don't feel that you have to look at all the other secret business in there. There's other, <laughs> but you know, you might find some stuff. But but the um, but the Universalis has the prayer of the church all the different times, and Lords is the morning prayer, and it's great. And what that means is you don't have to take it out of airplane mode. You sit there, and I found for me that has really been helpful because those psalms and the little. Two lines of the scripture reading each day, they are deliberately designed with the intent of this is a person praying in the morning, dedicating themselves to God. And so what happens is I found that that actually I don't have to sit there and go, I've got to create something mm. and I've got to I've got to speak to God with these unique words that I've made up. Mm. Otherwise, I'm failing. No, I just I pray the prayers that are already there, the Psalms. And what happens is I've found that more fruitful. Mm. And I don't have to... I think it creates an openness as well. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not struggling to feel, oh, I'm not doing it right. I just, yeah. the routine helps yeah. of that doing that. Absolutely. And I think I would also encourage you, I know some people struggle or think their children will struggle with a routine, but um, you hear this all the time in parenting, but children thrive off routine. And um, it's true though. Like I look at my kids yeah. in the holidays and they're like, what are we doing today? Every day, what are we doing today? What are yeah. we doing today? And it's because they don't know. Yeah, what school terms, Carnage they know shoes. what we're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's really good for them. And even if you have to write it down so they can see yeah. it, this is our this is our morning routine. Yeah. This is what we do after school. This is what we do yeah. after dinner. And they know the things. They know, okay, I'm allowed half an hour on a tablet or I'm allowed, you know, this is when we read a book or we go for a bike ride or – yeah. Um, this start start getting them to take responsibility too yeah, for yeah. their the parts of the world and their life that they can. Yep. Not enough parents do that today. We used to be just left to it. Remember that? Yeah. So now I'll be out riding my bike till like dinner time. Don't <laughs> helicopter your kids. Yeah. yeah that um, writing it down's got it. So I've got a schedule. My new schedule I've written for this year. It's just the weekday schedule. He hasn't given it to his wife. Yeah. Hasn't. <laughs> it's my secret schedule. Told off for that. Yeah, I did get told off last night for this actually. <laughs> uh, we won't go into that here in front of the guests though, will we? Um, no. So. Um, and I think what the key is, you've got to be flexible and realistic. Mm-hmm. So this schedule looks different to what it did last week. <laughs> so last week, and I had this big plan how I was going to start, and it was very apparent to me after starting it, uh, I've jammed myself up early on in the day. So what I need to do is reshuffle, change this thing, give myself more time here. Mm. And now this week with the new schedule, yeah, it's working. Now, it's not like I'm on holiday camp. I've still got a <laughs> you know, thing to thing to Heidi, thing. Heidi, but <laughs> if, hands up if you remember that. If you remember that, you get a, a prize. Um, tell us what that show was called. Um, spoiler alert: name. she's already told you. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, it, it, being flexible. I think what yeah. we often I I made a mistake for a long time of going. No, I must conform myself to this mm. program, and often I would be adopting other people's routines. Yeah. And it's like that's their routine. Like I often, I've mentored people and I've said to them, like with prayer, if you struggle to pray well, first thing in the morning, then maybe don't start your day with your focused prayer. So start it with a prayer. Yeah. Jump out of bed. Just say, Lord, I surrender this day to you. Thank you for bringing me safely through another night. Pray the Our Father. Mm. And then do what you're going to do, and then come back later in the day. And and maybe you have 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, mm. an hour, however long you take. That focused prayer is when you're actually awake and capable of yeah. doing it well. Don't give God the second hand dregs and go, oh, I did my prayers. Yeah. You know, um, and so, you know, so, but someone else, morning's the perfect time for That's them. That's right. So, so recognize the uniqueness of your situation and you as a person, but you've got to have a routine, right? Yep. Well, I mean, you don't have to, but your life will be better with one. 
Well, you'll get dragged through the day without it. Yeah, I think we flourish as humans when we have, yes. we have a routine. Yeah. It's a great metaphor, again, is exercise. Mm. You're not going to get fitter or stronger if you don't do anything regularly. Mm. So you've got to have that regular routine. And what I found, interestingly enough, is you think a routine ties me down. I'm, I'm a free spirit, Katie. I don't want no routine. I don't want the man bogging me down. You're actually not that free without a routine. Mm. And I found that when you have the routine, I'm more creative and these spaces open up. Yeah that I didn't realise I had before yeah. because that actually gives you a jumping off point. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think you've, if you've had a complete mirror of a holiday, mm. I think that's uh, one of my challenges, eh, is that I, I was saying this to someone the other day. I am, and I don't know whether part of it's I'm a male. It's also a struggle I have. I feel... Gender stereotyping. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I just assumed my own gender. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> what a bigot I am. Um... But yeah, uh, one of my struggles is I sort of feel like I'm a bit worthless, particularly to ministry and to my donors and people like that, if I'm not doing stuff. Mm. It's this sense of this false utilitarianism and like I've got to be, you know, I've got to be proving my worth. And so I often come out of the holidays and this one was, I'll just be honest with you here, folks, this one was a bit of a struggle for me. I came out and I'm thinking, oh, I just felt a bit down about stuff because I was like, I feel useless. I haven't been doing stuff. And am I really contributing? And that, that <laughs> what happens on the back of that as I get into, you fall down a spiral mm. where you start to think, oh, maybe I'm not doing anything worthwhile. And, you know, that comes on the back of that. Yeah. Woman so, who, yeah. Women who are mothers, women, maybe women in general, don't have time to think. No. <laughs> no time and for spirals. There is a goodness in that. And there's a <laughs> lesson for us. Get your routine sorted. And what will happen is I guarantee you the first week or two, if that's the challenge you're having, like a depression or a depressive state, not necessarily hardcore depression, I guarantee you that you're going to go, oh, I still feel bad. This mm. isn't working, whatever. After about th week two, week three, you'll start to notice, uh, no, something's shifting here. Mm. You might not even notice it. You'll look back and realize it's changed mm. by looking back. So, so stick with it. Yep. And, yeah, I think – I, yeah, I think it's just so essential. And plan it out. Yeah. Don't be a planning nerd, but don't be afraid to, <laughs> to actually. You don't plan have to have out. a spreadsheet like Brendan does. No, well, and it's pretty basic too. It doesn't have every second every day, but mm. it's the key elements of it. And I found that's been really helpful. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd say the other thing too is be aware of what bad habits yep. might have held you back or pulled you out of your routine, or even people mm. who are like, no, 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 don't need to pray, mate. Come and come and go for a surf with me at six a.m. Mm. or whatever. Figure out, okay, I gotta I gotta address this. Yeah. If my prayer life has collapsed and it's a person, I've got to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you won't have to be as drastic as saying, look, man, I've got to Cut you out. stop hanging shun. out. Yeah, shun. <laughs> I'm a sh shunning. Um, but just say, look, man, I I'm, my prayer is important and I feel unfortunately this is a bit of a distraction. Can we figure out another way to do this? If the person says, Nah, well, you're not my surf buddy anymore, then well, were they really that much of a friend anyway? Because right. they didn't seek your good. They didn't mm -hmm. really love you. But maybe it's bad habits. Mm. You started staying up late at night to watch your British TV shows. Oi, who are you talking about? Well, I was thinking about myself. Actually, you know. <laughs> My Brit the, the British TV shows that I recommend. Yeah, you're watching I know now. that you doth love a good British TV show. I doth. I doth. They but, know how to tell but a good yeah, story. think about those. Often we think, oh, I'll get back into it. Oh, I'll get my routine going. And then we've got these bad habits still. Yeah. You've got to deal with them too. That's what Lent's good for, guys. Yep. I need the bit of Hold on. Full there it is. <laughs> All righty. So, yeah, I think that's we've answered that question, haven't we? So, hopefully, that's helpful, folks. Um, gosh, it's been great to be back with you again. It's good to be back into it for the year. We will talk about hot cross buns. Do you promise? I promise you. <laughs> we might talk about hot cross buns, maybe um, stations of the cross, too, for those that's who don't know idea. about them, because yeah. you know, we'll still be in Lent at that. Name-dropping all our Catholic things into the podcast. Yeah. Oh, not just Catholics. Stations of the Cross. True, a lot true. of denominations do those. Um, they're really beautiful, eh? But yeah, Franciscan we'll tradition. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. That'll be why that the... That was on um, the Abbott Circle podcast. Is it? That'll be why the Anglicans love it. We have to get them to cross-promote our podcast. Maybe we should interview them. <laughs> talk to, they'll probably give us really hard advice. <laughs> they would. I'd be like, you guys are scary. You cannons. You're not praying <laughs> for five hours a day, are you? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so in the meantime... Look, if you want to support our ministry work, you can do that at lifenet.org.nz or patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia and you will get our free daily podcast. That's me engaging with and giving commentary on culture, current affairs, religious issues. It's, um, yeah, our listeners seem to enjoy it. Hopefully you'll find it enjoyable as well. Uh, don't forget to send us your questions at thelittleflockpodcast.org or lifenet.org.nz. Please don't forget about The Forge. We've taken a bit of a leap of faith this year. We've got someone who's joining us part-time 
to do um, video editing and design stuff, which is going to really help things. We want to reach people. Really we really want to reach more people. <laughs> we, you know, and that that's and it's a bit of a risk. Of the challenge it needs funding and support to keep that going. So if you're in a position to support, look, we'd really appreciate your financial partnership. Uh, Lifenet.org.nz. Uh, the donate page has got all the details. Katie, do you want to say anything else before we wrap this bad boy up? No, it's been great to be back. It is good, isn't it? Have a, a good Lent, Have folks. Have a holy Lent. Yeah, we're going to – I was, I was going to say don't say happy Lent. Don't say merry Lent. Mm. A holy Lent. Don't forget to put the Lent in Valentine's Day. <laughs> what are you doing on Valentine's Day? Getting ashes <laughs> on my head. And being told I'm dust. <laughs> Eating one, what is it? One big meal, two small meals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one I'll, be, meal. I'll be fasting. Yeah. We fast from Valentine's anyway. We don't do it. Yeah, yeah. We're not Valentine's. Some people love it. If you love it, that's fine. We're not going to judge you. <laughs> but we kind of are. But you shouldn't be doing it tomorrow. A judgy tone in the voice there says we will. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, we don't do Valentine's. But for us personally, so. But some people I know that's uh, mm. also coming up. Um, but yeah, have a, a holy Lent. And we'll be back in the middle of Lent when we next come back to you and uh, we will talk about some of that stuff like the hot cross buns and the stations of the cross and and we'll answer those questions that we didn't get to today god bless everyone see you next time the little flock is a joint production of the lifenet charitable trust and left foot media if you enjoyed this show then please help us to ensure that more of this great content keeps getting made by becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Thanks for listening. See you next time on The Little Flock.